0: This is Christine Heath, along with Judy Sedgman. And we are bringing you this episode um, that we're calling Analysis versus Reflection, which is a big change in terms of how people look at getting better. So, if you're experiencing stress or anxiety or depression and you want to get better, what we've done in the past is have people talk about like what's happened in your life that that has caused you distress and you know what was your childhood like, uh, what kinds of traumas have you gone through, and kind of had people talk about the details of their memories about what's happened to them and then People will talk about their current life in terms of problem solving. So therapy becomes kind of initially, it's like, okay, tell me what's happened to you and why, you know, you're upset about things or, you know, what's impacted you in your life that's been a negative experience that may be the cause of your anxiety or depression or whatever psychological issues you're having. And then we kind of look at, um, after we kind of analyze why a person is the way they are, then we kind of move into problem solving their life. So like a lot of times for me anyway, is that I looked at people, especially, excuse me, I started off working with people who were in families where there was sexual assault. So working with families that were, um, Uh, had incest in them was something at the time that nobody else did it was I was one of the few people in the world actually trying to help people do that and I would frequently um, think that people that kind of lived in trauma like children growing up in trauma to me it was like there was too much to overcome that they'd have to the best they could do was to really learn how to cope with what happened to them and so although they wouldn't be necessarily as impacted by those memories i really felt that there was something that happened to the person that was so traumatic that they would never really get over it hmm. so trying to at first trying to find out and have them talk about their trauma and everything that went wrong with them and how they were abused and all the crazy stuff going on in their families and And that was kind of the therapy that I did, was really trying to connect with people, um, but connect with them on a level of pain and suffering. Hmm. And then I would um, kind of move towards processing their daily life. So then it was a matter of coming to therapy to talk about, you know, how they were managing their relationship with their mother or how they were dealing with problems they had on the work site or addictions that they might be having as a result of living in such pain and, and um, anxiety in their minds. And so it became like not a matter of really learning about mental well being. It was like understanding why they weren't mentally healthy, analyzing that, figuring out why they weren't healthy, and then trying to fix it right so <laughs> it was. it's like that's how we're all kind of we're all brought up is to fix our problems think about what's wrong and fix it and then we can move on the problem is is that with mental well-being that just doesn't work it it's like uh, um mental well-being is something that exists no matter what's happened to you so it doesn't matter like in your life, what somebody did to you or what you did to somebody else or the circumstances of your life. That's not what creates your um, moment-to-moment experience. It may create the data you use to create your experience, but you are more than that. That's like our experiences are memories now, right? And so when we go into memory to try to change what's happened in the past, we can't really do that because it's already happened. So that kind of analysis where we're looking at what's wrong, trying to figure out how to be different, how to be happier, try to have better communications, how to connect with people, Mm -hmm. job, whatever it is that um, people are working on, we're kind of trying to solve that by figuring out what to do differently or what to think differently or what to feel differently. And what we're talking about is something different. It's really not looking at the content of our thinking or our memories or why we are the way we are, although that could be helpful to somebody. I'm not saying that it never is. But to get mentally healthy, you have to see that that's a state of being that happens before those memories. It's like you are that and then you think. And so when we're thinking about what happened and trying to use the kind of faulty thinking we needed to move forward in a healthier way we get very frustrated and we don't get better and things kind of stay the same so reflection is a little different it's a little different way of looking at things and so maybe judy you want to talk a little bit more about reflection sure
1: Uh, you know, and I really, I really enjoyed listening to you talk about what you know the old process because I'm really glad I never had therapy when <laughs> you know, back in the day. I think, oh my gosh, it would I had enough trouble with all my analytical thinking. Never mind thinking about myself, you know, just thinking about my work. But one of the things, the two things that I've discovered, and I'm going to use an example outside of therapy to come back to therapy is um, I have I really enjoy doing just for the heck of it, doing these complicated word games. And and not everybody likes this, but there's things that I do on my computer and they're like crossword puzzles, only you're picking out the letters. They have to be adjacent for you to make these long words. And and if you pick them in the wrong order or from the wrong part of the puzzle, then you can't make the word because you can't get to the letter. So um, when I first started doing them, I was overthinking it. You know, so I would I would carefully look to see. Okay, I'd get to the end of the puzzle, and I couldn't make the last word because the letters weren't in the right place to pick them. But I had all the other words, and I thought, okay, so I got to go back to the beginning and figure out different ways to do the other words. And I'd be looking, thinking about it, and thinking about it. And you know, I suddenly realized, you know what? This is your old habit. Don't think about it. Just look at the word. Look at the puzzle. and do what comes to you intuitively. And I want you to know I fly through these things. People can't believe it. You know, I have certain friends that play it too and go like I just couldn't get the last one. I just skipped it. And I'm like, you know, I I just, you know, took it to bed with me one night and I thought what the heck, I'll give it a shot, you know. <laughs> and and I just found that somehow intuitively, if you know what words you're looking for, you just it starts to make sense. It kind of comes together without your doing a lot of thinking about it, the more you think about it, the more complicated and frustrating it is. And I think that's how life is. The more you try to analyze it and think about it, the more complicated and frustrating it gets, and the more you start beating yourself up because you should be able to do it and you can't. And So when I think about reflection, I realize that reflection is allowing wisdom to flow through you. Essentially, Start when you come to the point where we trust that there is such a thing as wisdom, and it is different from your intellect, and that wisdom is a uh, is a an intuitive experience and a and a beautiful feeling, and that you can always tell when wisdom is coming through you because it feels easy, feels comfortable. You know, you get when you get an insight, it just seems so obvious, and I used to say to people that you know. When when you state the obvious, it seems kind of, why didn't I think of this before? The first question you'd have is like, well, good grief. That's obviously the answer. Why couldn't I think of that before? And it may be a really deep solution to a really complex problem. But when you think of it, and it comes from wisdom through reflection as an insight, it just looks, oh, okay, it just looks like nothing. And I think that's one of the reasons we often override it. Because our little minds are used to wanting to break things down and figure them out and make it harder than it is. And when it seems easy, even if it's a really great answer, we often think, oh, it can't be that simple. And then we start overthinking it. So reflection is actually natural to us. And I noticed with little children that that's the way little children learn. And I remember when, uh, when my grandson was little, he used to spend a lot of time with me and he loved to do puzzles. And um, so I was always getting him different kinds of puzzles, you know, the things that fit in certain places. And even when he was little, I was always picking out these more complicated puzzles because he would go through them so fast and get bored with them. And I, I wondered, how does he do that? He's such a little kid. I'm not explaining anything to him; he's too little for somebody else to help him. And. And I saw what he was doing. he was he would be sitting there just looking, he would lay all the pieces out, and he would look at the pieces and look at the puzzle, and then he would just put it together. now to me that's that's a natural thing that's that was natural to him. It's not like he thought it was, oh, this is a good strategy. it just was it's what he did naturally. And I start thinking to myself, you know wisdom is we come with all this equipment." We come with wisdom. We come into the world with everything we need. And we use it naturally when we're little because it's available and it works. You know, kids always want the easy way. So, you know, why struggle if you're going to get the answer? And then we start overthinking things because we learn to do that. That's a learned behavior. Wisdom is a natural behavior, and reflection is a pleasant. As aspect of it, you know, that reflection is just leaving your mind, your personal thinking alone and, and, and just looking to see what's there and seeing what occurs to you.
0: I think the other thing too, for me anyway, it's like when I'm in my head trying to process something, you know, it's, it, it's like the, the lab, I'm in the laboratory trying to cook something up based on what I already know. But if I don't see something or I don't know something, then I'm not going to come up with any new thoughts. It's just going to be a rearrangement of what I already know, right? Right. And so sometimes that gets depressing to people like, oh, this is the way I am. I'm depressed because this happened to me when I was younger. And so what can you do about it? Nothing. Mm -hmm. But you're not stuck with what happened to you. You're not the way you are because of that. So the way out isn't to try to figure out how to change the past or yourself or whatever. It's really to listen to your wisdom to see something new mm-hmm. because that's where a new thought comes into the world. So when we do therapy with people, we're kind of helping them to see that they have the answers in them right. rather than processing to figure things out. Now, a lot of times people get what I would call an intellectual insight. Right, So they get up in their head and they're thinking about it. They go, oh. Like I remember when I was in traditional therapy, I was like, oh, and then this happened to me and that happened to me. And oh, no wonder I'm such a mess. And this happened and that happened. (laughs) And it it was like this. It it felt like it was really insightful. But it really wasn't. That's different. That's an intellectual insight, which can be helpful to people. But what we're talking about is seeing the Nature of experience. Right. And so you see that you're, you have to see your own mental well being. So if we're really working on living in mental well being more of the time, we don't really have to analyze why we're not. And right. clients tell me this all the time, right? They'll say things like, well, I don't know how to do it. And, um, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? And see, that just engages your thinking, right? Again, so right. that's how we're. Is I got to do something to fix this rather than to let go of that processing and let your mind quiet and then see that the quality of your thinking changes and you come up with new ideas. So mm-hmm. people actually know what they need to do more than I need to, than I know what they need to do, which is different because people used to ask me before what to do and I'd make something up like somehow I knew. And I knew I didn't know at the time. But I felt like that was my job. I had to help people to come up with with new ideas. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the the thing is you cannot think your way into mental well-being. And the insight you get, when you get an insight and you're listening for that, will shift your state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so when those thoughts come in and you know it's the right thing, you settle down. When it's your little brain coming up with things, you know, oh, this is a good idea. What about this? What about that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can get kind of excited about it, but it doesn't, you don't change. It doesn't. So I used to say, like, I understood why I was a mess, but I still couldn't find my happiness. Right. You know, and, and a lot of times people will say, well, how do I do this, Chris? Or why is this happening to me? Why did that happen? So I just remind them that why is always the wrong question. Like, doesn't <laughs> no matter why. What matters? You want to ask yourself is okay. What can I do about this? What is it that I need to see here? And then it will come to you. I think that that's a critical
1: uh, piece of the puzzle for people is that moment of realizing that my intellect is not going to give me the answer because that's that's the only that's the only. That's the first realization that people need to allow their thinking to quiet down enough to start reflecting. Mm-hmm. And sure. I think that the the this whole notion of, I know a lot of people that come in to see me will say, well, I'm so glad I got to see you because people say you really, you know, help them and I want to know what to do. You know, And like you say, that's the wrong question. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of disappointed when I say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I really can't tell you what to do. I mean, you'll know what to do, but I can tell you how to find that within yourself that you'll know the answer when you see it, that you can recognize the difference between, you know, circular thinking about something to the point where you're driving yourself crazy and just giving up and having a moment's of uh, insight where you suddenly just go, oh, okay, aha. And that that's the natural, that's the innate part of us, that we're, we're born to be able to do that. And I think people do it all the time when they're up against it. You know, it's really funny. People, I've, I've had clients say to me, you know, I'm a total mess. I can never get anything right. I always make mistakes. I'm, I'm fired from six jobs. But, you know, the other day, my little boy was running into the street, and I couldn't get to him fast enough. And I saw a kid on a bicycle, and I said, quick, grab my son. And he did. And she said, I don't know how I thought of that. Well that's it, you know it's like you don't have time to put your intellect into gear, you realize it and you you, you just gotta to come up with something, you clear your head, and wisdom pops up yeah. and she said i you know i wish i I wish I could be that I find answers like that all the time. Well, I used to feel that way too. I would get these incredibly Sometimes kind of crazy ideas it seemed to me because they were outside of my normal thinking and I would get these ideas sometimes uh and think where did that come from? And if I acted on them they always worked out even though they seemed a little crazy to me if it's the best I had I would go with it. But I never grasped to be honest with you until I met Bill Pettit and I saw him working with some clients and he said some of the wildest things to people, (laughs) you know, I like, I I mean, it's too complicated to try to give a long example, but he would go in and he would just speak from his intuitive instinct, you know, and, and he'd start talking to somebody and like, he would, he'd make these comments and I would think, oh my God, where did that come from? That's bizarre. And the patient would go, oh yeah. Yeah. That really touches my heart that you said that. I thank God I thought it was rude, you know. but people could connect to that feeling of, you know, this is where we're, we're just, we're talking from another place here. And I think when I got the courage to stick with those thoughts, when they started coming to me, I, I became much better at everything I did. But for a long time, I would override them immediately because I was such a big analytical thinker. So one of the yeah, things... Yeah. I would encourage you all to do if you've you've had a lot of therapy is let go of it, and then if you come and talk to a three principles person, allow yourself to look in a different
0: direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really recognizing that you kind of all know what to do, mm-hmm. and when we um, when we kind of sit back and let things come to us, they're much better than we get by trying to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. And the feeling you get is better and the idea is better. But I was like you, like I remember when I was a young uh, therapist, I had a, a clinic with them when I had a master's degree and I was 27 and wasn't even licensed at the time. And I was the administrator of this mental health clinic. And people used to say to me, you should do seminars for women about how to be successful. And I think I have no idea what what, to tell them this is <laughs> yeah. think for me, I, I have no idea well, how I did this, but things would come to me. And, and I just never um, thought I couldn't do it, right? Because the feeling would come in. And I remember my father telling me when I was a little girl, he said, don't you have any common sense? I thought, I don't know, what's that? Yeah. And it, it intrigued me, but really, it's kind of like, really, when we're out of our head, we use common sense. Right. Getting people back to use common sense instead of analysis mm-hmm. is what you said is it touches, we touch our heart. Right. It's like the, that information or that um, the thoughts that come, come from our deeper, truer self. hmm And they feel better and they work better. And yep. it's amazing, but this is kind of part of the evolution that we're in right now is that it's not about making things complicated, hard, and trying to figure out everything that ever happened to you in your life so that you can be happy. Because believe me, you'll never get there that way.
1: I know. But the truth is that you are happy when you're not thinking about it. Yeah. And I think one of the questions I ask clients sometimes is, can you remember the last time you were happy? And even though sometimes it's a long time ago, everybody can remember it. Everybody can remember a time when they were just unconditionally happy. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, what was that? And they'll go, I don't know. I wish I could get it back. And see, the fact is, that's natural to us. That happened because it was they cleared their head, and in a moment it just bubbled up. And um, you can't attribute it to anything but the fact that it's inherent in us to be happy when we're not mm-hmm. overthinking all the reasons why we shouldn't be.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, that's a wrap for today. And uh, we'll be back next week, everybody. And we'll see you soon. Aloha. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.